Welcome to the 30-Day Micro Leadership Course. You are listening to High Impact Influence, the podcast. It's day eight, session eight of our 30-day course. Today is September the 8th, 2021. The website is growgreat.com. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell. Yesterday, I mentioned management theory X and Y. And these are important because how you choose to see the world and your place in it matters greatly to your leadership potential. Theory X basically puts forth the notion that people will not do work, much less good work, unless management imposes it on them. It's the old adage that you have to kick people in the rear end to get good work out of people. Theory Y supposes that people want to do good work. They need the right environment. They need the right support to help them do that. Well, you would be hard-pressed to find two completely opposite approaches. I was in my 20s before I had ever heard of Theory Y. No matter, it's how I viewed the world and it's how I viewed my place in the world because as a teenage hi-fi stereo sales guy, I knew I wanted to do good work. I wanted to make a positive difference, and I knew that many of my coworkers, they did too. Mostly, everybody I knew worked for a tyrant men who were more interested in padding their wealth, buying the latest cool foreign car, taking some European vacation, buying a bigger house. I mean, this was the zero sum era of American enterprise where business owners won and the rest of us lost, but I didn't know any better. I just knew that as a straight commission salesperson, I would not earn a dime if I didn't produce. I had to sell something. So for me, my focus was the customer. The customer literally was king, and I wanted to dazzle customers from day one of my working career because it just seemed to me that, that that's the path forward. By the time I got my first leadership role where I was the number one, I was the person running the show. I was fully prepared to put my own theories to the test. Now, my theories were formed by a decade at this point, by a decade of working retail, engaging customer after customer, learning merchandising, learning purchasing, and creating a philosophy that remarkable service with honesty, that's the path forward. Bait and switch. Bait and switch was commonplace in retail. When I began my life in retail as a 16-year-old, I was taught it even though I never did practice it. I can't tell you how many times I probably uttered the phrase, yes, we ran that in our ad, but. Now, thankfully, I started my career in shops that didn't advertise. I mean, ever. No ads at all. And so that helped. But even then, there were items that were on our showroom that were more fixtures than items to be sold. I mean, they were figuratively nailed to the shelf, not to be sold. By the time the early 1980s arrived, I was ready to put my philosophy of honesty, integrity, and doing the right thing to the test. Coupled with my notion that people wanted to do good work. And a few of us, you know, we wanted to do great work. Turns out I was right. It worked. No, not a hundred percent of the time, but nothing else works a hundred percent of the time either, but it did work most of the time. Yes, there were exceptions. 
Yes, I did occasionally have employees that were too lazy, too dishonest, too whatever, to not only to not be good workers, but to not even be good humans. But mostly, mostly I realized that my viewpoint, my philosophies, they proved successful. And it was during these early testing years that I realized the environment that I provided as a manager and as a leader that made all the difference. Now we didn't really yet focus on what you now know today as company culture. That kind of buzzword was not in our vernacular. You have to remember that Peters and Waterman's book in search of excellence, it was published in 1982. I remember going to the bookstore and buying that book in 1982 and that book, in my opinion, ushered in the advent of serious business book publications. I mean, prior to that business sections in stores were pretty small, pretty shallow, but business titles exploded after in search of excellence onto the shelves of bookstores. And I had long prowled bookstores for books on sales and management and leadership, mostly self-improvement because that was really, frankly, the bigger section at the time. But now, well, now the whole space of business book publishing, it blew up in all the best ways. And guess what? Yeah, the business buzzwords, they began to really accelerate, including the phrase company culture. Well, I didn't know that phrase at the time because it really didn't yet exist. My own view likened the environment at work to a garden. I'm really not sure why. I mean, all I can figure is I knew plenty of people who had gardens, even though I never remember my parents having one. I grew up well acquainted, especially in my really early years, pre preschool and first, second, and third grade. I was well acquainted with gardens where peas and tomatoes and okra and other vegetables were grown. They were harvested. They were picked. I mean, they were cooked. They were eaten daily. My childhood was filled with home-cooked meals where fresh food was a staple. I don't know. Maybe that's why I saw the company as a garden where we could help people grow. I still use that figurative scene of a garden today. I learned the hard way that the company could also grow weeds, unproductive, toxic people. And sooner than later, I learned that it was very urgent that I lead the parade to get rid of these people fast before they could do any more damage to the people who were trying to do good work. I very quickly had an intolerance for poor performance and it was sparked by my years of working alongside sloths who were willing to let me and others do the grunt work that all of us were required to do. Well, seemingly along with our jobs on the sales floors. And as I learned a few of us, we always did whatever we could do, whatever was needed because, well, we wanted to be better. We wanted to do better. And meanwhile, there would be this other group of people who were busy taking smoke breaks, loafing about. I was busy now, by the time you get to the early eighties, I was busy creating an environment that would put positive pressure on the sloths to change their ways or to get gone 
or to get caught up in my efforts to get the weeds out of the garden. But it all started with a fundamental belief that people want to succeed. If given the option, I believed most people would rather do good and be good than not. And here I am today, four decades later, talking into a microphone, talking to you. And I now know that I was right. I have spent my life testing it. And I'm here today to tell you that if you have a more negative view of people, then you will most certainly see evidence to back up your belief because you will take action to make sure you're right. And the sad collateral damage that you will cause is going to be impossible to calculate. Along with the impossible calculation of what might have been. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. What could be and what might have been. So form your philosophy carefully. I choose to view it in a positive light that people want to do good work and we need to provide an environment that will allow them to soar. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Lord willing, I will see you tomorrow.